0: You're listening to a podcast of a Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Christmas carol. Anyone know it? Right, about nine of us. 10, 11, okay. Well, that is a famous Christmas carol. And uh, I wanted to play the video. You can t- throw on the PowerPoint. Thank you, Ravi. I wanted to play that because it leads into what I'm about to talk about today. So first of all, welcome to Cafe Church. Joining us downstairs on the live screen. It's good to have you with us. And again, welcome to everyone who's here, and particularly if you're new here or you haven't been here for a while, we really, sincerely appreciate having you here, and we're going to give you a big round of applause. Let's welcome our guests. God bless you. Probably one of the most pressurized time of your year is actually coming up to Christmas time. More and more people are pressurized with time, also with money. And because Christmas happens in midwinter, a lot of people are under pressure with their health. I want to look at the, one of the big things in the nativity narrative or the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus Christ, that I think speaks into your life and it speaks into my life today. And one of the issues with Christmas is we hear the kids reading portions of scripture, and it kind of goes over our heads. So I'm here today to ask you as adults and teenagers to stop and just take a moment and allow God's word to sink into your heart. Because some of the Bible, because we've heard it so often, it's almost like it's God's word, but it's not God's word. It kind of gets a bit mushy and it gets confused with tinsel and Rudolph and all of that. So we need to just maybe separate that a little bit and take the heart of what happened at the nativity narrative, the Christmas story, into our hearts. To me, one of the important things that happened here is the very strong message that God will provide for you. He'll provide for you financially, for all your needs. Maybe not all your greeds, but all your needs. He'll provide for you with your health. He will provide for you with a quality of life. And this is inherent and woven into the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. So come Holy Spirit. We are not a church that is just going through some dead ritual. But we believe in the living God. And we pray your word would break and shatter mindsets and chains and barriers that keep any of us from experiencing the abundant life you have promised us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to read some verses from Matthew chapter 2. I've just taken the main verses. You can read in the first 15 verses of chapter 2 the whole context but this is an abridged version of the main points I want to bring out today. So may God bless the reading of his word. Okay, so guys, you need to uh, set up the laptop down there. There needs to be. Yeah, that's it. Great stuff. So the wise men were told in Matthew chapter 2 came from the east searching for the chosen one. When they found him, they knelt down, and they worshipped him. And they presented him with the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Later on that night, an angel appeared to Joseph, saying, Get up and take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Second slide of our. Sorry, guys, this isn't working. There's something that, there we go. King Herod is searching for the child and wants to kill him. This is what the angel said. So Joseph got up, he took the child and his mother during the night and he left for Egypt and they stayed there for about two years until after the death of King Herod. Now one of the things I was struck with, when we showed at our Christmas carols last week, the in-house video that uh, Jamie and the guys made was all of the children knew about gifts, and they all knew about gold. I think it was called Frankenstein and myrrh. <coughs> so this is very, a very well-known portion of scripture. But I want us to just dig a little deeper and apply it to our lives because it says an awful lot about what was happening back then. So we're told in verse 1 of Matthew chapter 2 that these wise men came from the east, they were following the star, and they were searching for the chosen one. Now the word that is often used is the magi. And these were wise men. They were men who studied astronomy, the movements of planets and stars and so on. And so what we know from the scripture and from history that there was an unusual movement in the planetary system and a star appeared that hadn't been there before. And God used this to get the attention of these wise men. And then these wise men knew that this star that had appeared had a deep significance. And so they knew they were called to follow the star. So they began to search for the chosen one. And wise men sought Jesus Christ back then. Wise men and wise women still seek him today. Amen. So they began to search, and when we're told they came from the east, we know that that was the area of Iran today. Now that's a huge journey, to go from what is Iran to what is Israel today. And they didn't take a route straight across as the crow flies, because that would have brought you through desert. They had to follow what was known as the Fertile Crescent, and if you're into maps, it's shaped almost like a horseshoe, and they would have had to go right far up north, into practically Turkey, and then turn south again. So this is a major journey, a huge cost in time, in money, and in thinking and energy. So at a time of year when many people are under pressure, remember these guys. They put aside this time because they knew there was something very important happening. And I'm not going into all the details today, but we know that they made their way. Uh, They met with King Herod and had an audience with him. But they found their way to Bethlehem, this little tiny town in the middle of nowhere, as it were. This place you wouldn't even stop to take any notice. So Bethlehem was nothing to them. Naturally, but yet it was the place that God ordained that our Savior would be born. Get the significance of it. A little tiny place that meant nothing. But this is where the Lord was moving. And these wise men... Followed the star and came to the infant Jesus. And when they found Jesus, were told that they knelt down and they worshipped him. This is really important. The Magi from Iran, from far away, they knew this wasn't just a good man, a child going into a good man. He wasn't just a prophet. They knew you would not down, bow down and worship anything unless you knew this was the Lord, this was God. So here we have a newborn infant, but they knew this was the Lord. And so they bow down and they worship him. Sometimes in churches like this, I think we forget that to kneel down is also part of our worship. Amen? And uh, the scripture very clearly talks about raising our hands, but it also talks about bowing down and kneeling down. I do a lot of my praying when I'm walking. I like to walk when I'm driving, But regularly, I know it's as if the Holy Spirit will say to me, you need to go on your knees to pray about this situation. And so I will kneel down to pray for some situations, even though I do a lot of my prayer other ways. So if you haven't knelt down in a long time, can I encourage you, take a few minutes away from everyone else and kneel down before the Lord. What happens on the outside should reflect what's happening on the inside. So these guys knelt down and worshipped Jesus. Remember, they were royalty. Definitely these were royal guys. They were incredibly wealthy, very well educated. They had everything going for them in the natural. And they go to a stable, like an old outhouse, in this nowhere town. And they bow down and they worship an infant. They knew. That God does not work in the ways of man. And that what we think is impressive doesn't really impress God at all. And so it it tells us something of the Caliber and the character of these men, that they were true in all the senses of the word, they really were noble men because their ambition and their motives were noble. They were not going to be tricked by the shallow tricks that this world can throw, but they could see beyond the outer circumstances and bow down and worship the Lord. And then we're told, of course, that they presented him with gifts. Now, I know there's lots of stories about Saint Nicholas in Turkey who started giving gifts, but actually, the gifts that you will receive this Christmas, or the gifts that you will give this Christmas, can all be traced back to this. This is where it originally comes from. And so when the Magi presented the gifts to uh, the infant, to uh, the family, as it were, this is the, the generator of the whole gifts thing. If um, you've ever been at a wedding I've done, you may have heard me talk about one of the love languages is called gifts. How Some people, it's how they primarily express and understand love through a gift. But I am fascinated with these three gifts because I think gold, frankincense, and myrrh speak into your life tomorrow morning. I think it speaks into your life all over this Christmas. We're told in verse 11, that the gifts were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You can see the gold at the edge, the frankincense, and the myrrh. And we know that the gold, frankincense, and myrrh were given freely. And the gold speaks of the kingship of Jesus Christ. Gold is always in reference to a king. The incense speaks of his deity, the fact that he was God. Because you would burn incense, the smoke and the aroma would rise up. And again and again in the Old Testament, we're told how the Lord will, when he hears your prayers and my prayers, it's like an incense going up to heaven. It's almost as if the analogy uses that the Lord smells it. And then the myrrh, and I'll explain it in a moment, speaks of his humanity. Myrrh is all about being human. Anyway, the important thing is they give gifts. I like what one of the most famous evangelists in the last 100 years, he's still alive, he's 99, and we're in discussions with having his grandson, who appears to have inherited his anointing, come to Cork in 2019. But his name is Billy Graham, and he wrote this, God has given us two hands, one to receive and the other to give. Now, isn't that the truth? God has given you two hands. You and I need to receive. We have to, because we haven't got it all. And we need God's blessings, amen? And we need the help of our family and friends. But he's given us another hand with which to give. And some people get trapped in a mindset that all they can do is receive equally. Others get trapped in a mindset that all they're called to do is give. And both are extremes, and both are unhealthy. But actually, God's balance is that we can both receive and give. Amen? And so when Billy Graham uh, shared this, I think it's really speaking into it, and it really does talk to us about it. So... um, The the Magi received, because when they worshipped the Lord, they knew God was blessing them. Not only are their names recorded for eternity, but they would have been deeply blessed by this encounter. Imagine if you had had the opportunity to see the Messiah in person. Praise God. It's a powerful thing. And so, as we know, the gold speaks of him being a king the incense, that he is God, and the myrrh, that he is human. His kingship, his divinity, and his humanity. This is, if you will, the theological or the the scriptural um, definition of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But actually, it goes even deeper. And it goes into a very practical uh, application for your life and my life. So this is speaking of Jesus Christ. And I mean, the the incredible wisdom that these were the gifts that were chosen is so prophetic. It is as if the Magi were prophesying through their gifts, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are fully God and you are fully man. Who will say hallelujah? So way back then, this prophetic act was taking place. And so the Magi, if you will, have a prophetic gift As it were, and long before Jesus Christ was born, they would have begun their journey because the Father God in heaven knew that the Messiah was going to be born. He knew they would have need of gifts, and so he started a process ever before Mary and Joseph knew they would have a need. Do you realize the Lord does that in our lives as well? Ever before, you or I know we have a need. God is working, as it were, on the solution. And we don't even know we have a need in our lives. We're not too convinced of that. Okay. Let me, let me, let me put it this way. When I was uh, 16, I was going out with a girl, and uh, it was all off. And uh, that was the end of her. And if you're listening, Anne O'Toole, it's your loss. It's not my loss, it's your loss. I wasn't a Christian but I know that God was looking out for me and so across a crowded dance floor over the Christmas holidays just into the new year over in the city hall, I see a brown eyed girl who kind of gave me a glance and I saw her across a crowded hall. Stop denying it Denise, I saw (laughs) you. So my best friend, my, my wife my companion through life, is so wise, is such a blessing to me. Ever before I was a Christian, when I was age 17, I had no idea I would need this, this, and this in my life to balance me out and to give me another perspective on things. But God knew. God knew. And so the Lord began to raise up a girl here in Cork, and it wasn't the one I broke up with. It was this girl here, and God knew I needed her, and perhaps she needed me as well. Amen, Denise. (laughs) The Lord will raise up people in your life, and you mightn't even be aware why you need them. And it's not just marriage, it's also friends, amen? And it's also people who will minister and encourage and help us. And so the Lord will work on a solution ever before we know there's a problem. Let me continue. Joseph is arrested, as it were. He, is, he has a prophetic dream. And the dream is so real. And obviously, from a prophetic point of view, if you look at the life of Joseph, God spoke to him through dreams, other people had visions, other people heard audible prophecies. The Lord will move in different ways in accordance to how we will receive him and hear him best. And so an angel appears in Joseph's dream and says, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt because Herod wants to kill him. I don't have time to go into it today, but we do know that Herod was not only a ruler, he was a very insecure ruler. It's a terrible thing when you have someone in power who is insecure. It always ends in tears, not just in nations, unfortunately in churches as well. Someone is very insecure and they're in power, they will hurt others to keep the power. Any kind of authority or power has to be worn loosely, amen? It has to be, it has to be. It's the nature of it. I mean... An old pastor told me about 30 years ago, there are really only three sins, money, sex, and power. All the sins will come under one of those categories one way or the other. And what it is about power and men, some women as well, is it can really corrupt and it can really hurt. So Herod was insecure about his reign and he wanted to kill any threat to the throne and you know elsewhere in scripture he ended up murdering slaughtering a whole load of innocent babies and all boys under two were killed because he was threatened by these fellow royals. Herod wouldn't have given an audience to the magi unless they too were of royal blood and held that status in that status in that culture. So he was threatened but the Lord warned Joseph before the danger came. I wonder how aware any of us are of God's warning. Are you aware that the Holy Spirit can speak to you, even in a dream at night? He can speak to you as you're reading in the scriptures, if you read them regularly. He can speak to you through a Christian friend who the Lord might put a word on their hearts, etc., etc. So the Lord warns Joseph, there is trouble coming. There is danger coming. You need to take a step by faith, and we're told go to Egypt. And so he got up during the night. He didn't even wait until the morning. I won't start my day without my double espresso, Mary. And then we'll go to Egypt. No, he got up during the night. I can't start my day without my double espresso and my croissant as well, like it. You know. But Joseph gets up during the night. And he takes the child and his mother and they head to Egypt. Egypt is the next country west of Palestine, west of Israel. It would have historically had large Jewish communities in places like Alexandria and what we now know as Cairo and a lot of the big cities, they would have had large Jewish communities to which Joseph and Mary could blend in and become a bit anonymous and try and make a living and try and eke out an existence there. And so Joseph responds in faith and he responds in obedience by leaving in the middle of the night. So here we have the supernatural breaking into the natural to bless and protect the people concerned. God can supernaturally break into your life and bless and protect your life. There's about nine people said amen. How about more people say amen? amen? Honestly, lads, God can break into your life and he can guide you, not in a ridiculous, spooky way, but in a very biblical way. So they flee to Egypt and, as you know, we're told they stayed in Egypt for about two years until the death of King Herod, No. and and of course Herod died. The threat went, and they moved back. But that's another story. As I come towards the conclusion, they had two years to survive in a foreign country. Even though there would have been large Jewish minorities living in the Egyptian cities, Joseph, on a practical level, were told his um, career was tactile. Now it's often. Um, translated in English as a carpenter, but actually it means a builder. He was just one handy guy with his hands, and it included both stone and wood. So Joseph was a builder, a very good trade to have, you might think, But a lot of the suggestion is is that this time Egypt was, what we call today, going through a bit of a recession. Many people who were involved in the building trades in Ireland here ten years ago knew what it was, if you had a building trade, to lose your job. Well, there was a bit of that going on, it would appear, in Egypt at that time. So Joseph wasn't exactly one of those skill sets that was in high demand. So Joseph, as the protector, as the God-ordained protector and stepfather of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and the husband of Mary, had to provide and protect for his family. This was a sudden problem that appeared out of the blue. Joseph, six months earlier, was never thinking if I ever had to leave Israel, now oh, where would I go and where would I make a living and how would I organize it? This was an ambush in his life. And you know what? I'm around the while. Life is about ambushes. Or health. A relationship. Or kids. Or parents. Whatever. We can be ambushed by circumstances in our lives. And Joseph and Mary, on a natural level, were ambushed. But God wasn't ambushed. Long before this set of problems arose, the Lord knew it would happen. Let's take one last look at those three gifts because those gifts are what made all the difference for these two years in Egypt. The gold was the finance. This is how Joseph would have financed, particularly the first six to 12 months of their stay there when he didn't have the connections and he didn't have the networks that he could break into. So they had the gold to survive, to eat to rent a place to stay. The frankincense, or incense, is not only symbolic of healing and of deity, it's actually used, apparently, um, particularly in the Middle East, as uh, a solution for arthritis and inflammation problems and all of that. It's very much, if you will, medicine. And myrrh is a painkiller. When Jesus Christ, at the end of his life on earth, was on the cross, we're told a Roman soldier mixed some wine vinegar with, uh, he presented a thing to Jesus called gall, but actually that was myrrh mixed in with wine vinegar. And what it did is it would dull the pain. It would would try and comfort you and take away the pain as a painkiller. And so here we have a young child. Remember, medicine back then isn't what it was now. But the Lord had the problem sorted ever before the problem hit this family because they had enough money to see them through, amen? They had the medicine for healing and they had the comfort of the myrrh for when they needed it. And we know that the Bible tells us who is the great comforter, the Holy Spirit. The Lord will give us the comforter, the Holy Spirit, So it's very simple, guys. God will provide for you this Christmas time. Very often people might touch on this in January, but I want to declare it even before Christmas. When we pray, we can be certain that if we love the Lord, God's tendency is to provide for our needs financially, to provide for us physically in terms of our health, And also, he is our comfort, our consolation. He is our counselor through the Holy Spirit. So for you and your family, whatever issue may arise, it never ceases to amaze me. The amount of people who get sick over Christmas, the amount of marriages or relationships that break down over Christmas, the amount of people that get into financial trouble over Christmas, the pressure of time and commitments that break people The thing is, our God knows your needs, and our God will provide all our needs. And so that's what we're going to pray for. Let me just share finally, um, just before I hand over to you, Cafe Church, let me just share finally, uh, I had a vision, and uh, I was even talking to Denise about another situation, but I simply had a vision of people driving and the car stalled. How many people here have ever been in a car, either as a passenger or a driver, and the car stalled? Okay, so a lot of people don't seem to know what it is. When a car stalls, it just stops. All right? Like you flood the engine with fuel or whatever, okay? If you never were in a car where the car stalled, Michael will take you out in his car because it's a piece of junk and it keeps on stalling, all right? Amen. Amen. When a car stalls, it stops. And you've got to go back to basics and start it properly again. I felt the Lord saying, some of us here this Christmas are going to stall like a car spiritually because the pressure and the commitments and the time thing and the money thing and the health thing is going to get a bit too much for us. And I want to, as it were, prophetically prepare you for whatever challenge comes over the next few weeks, that you will know God's got my back covered. The Lord has this covered. I don't know what the problem is, but God does, and he's going to look after me. Let me conclude by reading from Matthew 6, verses 25 to 27. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, what you will wear, isn't your life more important than food and clothing? Your life is more important than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are, they not, are you not far more valuable than they are? And which one of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Christmas time, your Christmas ahead, is not about worrying or panicking or breaking down. It's about trusting that God has your situation covered. Amen? So, worship team, could you come up? We're going to uh, sing that beautiful song. To me, it's like a prayer. You're a good, good father. All of the narrative of the wise men shows us the heart of Father God in looking after Jesus and Mary and Joseph so that everything was covered if he did it for them. And I know we're dealing with the Messiah, but brothers and sisters, he'll do it for you. Would you stand with me? And we're going to pray in just a moment that God will meet your needs and whatever comes up in your life, the Lord will have it covered. We can throw up the words there of good, good Father. Let's just sing it through once and then we're going to pray before we close. Good father it's who you are It's who you are It's who you are I love by you It's who I am It's who I am It's who I am. So we're gonna do something very simple for those who want to do it. You're welcome to come up to the top. We're gonna kneel down and we're gonna simply pray, God, would you provide for me and my family in all of these ways this Christmas time? That's it, that's the application. We're gonna sing again. How many people wanna pray that prayer for yourself or for your family? Well, then you're welcome to come and join us at the top. I'm going to kneel down. If you're able to kneel down, join me. Let's sing the song again as we come and we pray. And I've seen many searching for, for answers answers far and wide. Back. I know we're all searching for answers. Answers. like the Magi who knelt down before the Lord. We're kneeling down before the Lord. So I want you to put in the palm of your hands your family and you know the challenge perhaps on your family. Maybe it's financial, maybe it's your health, maybe it's a relationship issue, maybe it's a legal issue, I don't know. Maybe it's spiritual. But let's put our Christmas and our family in the palm of our hands and let's pray. Only you know the future, Lord. For all these men and women who by faith are kneeling down, not before a man, but before our God. We pray this Christmas time, over the next few weeks, that you're the only one who sees the future and whatever is about to happen, whether it's a challenge to our finances, our health, our relationships, our family. Oh God, we know right now that you have it covered. And just like you set in motion the Magi to come with the gifts when they were needed. We pray now for our future and our families and that you would even as a word this morning, set in motion and orchestrate events in our lives and in our futures. That will take care of us because you are a good good father and you have said in your word if a child asks their father for bread will he give them stones Lord we believe you will not give us stones you will give us bread and so we leave our cares at your feet today and we pray our Christmas our families our friends Our situation would be totally covered and blessed by what you would do in our lives and in our futures and we pray this oh God by faith for us and for the ones we love in Jesus name I believe it's Catherine Catherine Casey I believe the Lord would just say to you Catherine That this Christmas, God is going to do something unusual in your life. I'm just going to pray for you now. And I believe the Lord is saying to you, he's going to reveal himself to you. And the Lord is going to speak into the depth of your heart. And that the need and the cry that you have deep down, God has heard your prayers, Catherine. And the Lord is working even now. On the answer to your prayers, and this coming season, you're going to see a tangible proof that not only does God exist, but that He loves you and He cares for you, and He's going to answer your prayers because you matter. Amen. Amen. Pam Walsh, the Lord would say to you, the brokenness that you are experiencing and the heartache and the pain is not devised because the Lord would say to you, Pam, all of this is going to work out for the good for your life. What you have gone through is like the clay in the potter's hand and the Lord is taking away all that shouldn't be there. And Pam, by the end of this, You're going to be a much better person, a stronger person. And the Lord is going to do such a healing in your life because you're submitting to his ways. The ways of man will destroy us, but the ways of God bring life. And so the Lord is saying, Pam, your healing is coming. And we pray the healing now, Lord. And we pray for the new year. Pam would walk in to all that you have for her and we pray the Holy Spirit comes upon you the Holy Spirit would do miracles in your soul and release his power and his healing touch in you in Jesus name amen amen praise God amen hallelujah praise God let's stand on our feet guys and as we go back to our seats we're going to sing this song again But honestly, you need a revelation that ever before you're at the problem, God has the solution. That is the God we serve, that's the God we love. So let's sing the rest of the song as we come and close our service. Before we go back into the running and racing, let's let the word sink in so that we're prepared for our Christmas ahead. Hallelujah. And so, Father, we close our gathering here today and we are determined that we will bring something of your presence with us into our homes, into our workplaces, our schools, our colleges, even into the shops. We will bring something of Jesus with us. And when everyone around us is running and racing, There will be and i pray this a calmness and a blessing deep in our souls that marks us out as the children of god in this world bless us and keep us now lord and bless our week ahead in jesus name amen the guys are going to play us out with this song thank you so much for coming i know it's a busy time of year so we really do appreciate you Putting the Lord first. Coffee and tea are served upstairs. God bless you. Hope to see you next week. Or if you're a volunteer, Tuesday night. Over to the guys. Hallelujah.